Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday, final Monday of June. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3. On the FM dial, Trent Condon, Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. And we appreciate you spending some of that time here with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, this is what we've got lined up. Uh, At the bottom of the hour, we are going to talk with our buddy from Bleed Cubby Blue. It seems as though the Cubs have reached a crossroad with a big, big week ahead, starting in Milwaukee before uh, off to Cincinnati to end the 10-game road trip. So we'll catch up on the Cubs at the bottom of the hour. 10.45, the Stanley Cup final. Uh, It gets underway tonight. Uh, Montreal on the road against Tampa, and like we've done before we started the playoffs and a couple of times throughout, our friend Wild Joe Radio at Wild Joe Radio, Joe O'Donnell from the Iowa Wild, and John Schaefer from WOI will join Trent and I, and we'll uh, pass it around a little bit as uh, we get set for uh, Tampa and Montreal. Ryan Fagan uh, will uh, join us from the Sporting News to talk baseball as Matt Snyder is on vacation. And then Scott Dockerman finishes things out as far as the guest list here today. He's been active at The Athletic, uh, filing a whole bunch of stuff. And Doc will join us at uh, 1125-ish. We'll get the latest on any Big Ten West stories that are out there and uh, catch up on the Hawks. It seems as though Nebraska is zeroing in on Ed Stewart uh, for their athletic director. Big 12 um, is where he's most recently um, been um, collecting his paycheck. <laughs> uh, but it seems as though he'll be uh, collecting his mail uh, in Lincoln here coming up here. We'll, we'll see if that's the direction that they are indeed going. Lots to get to. The golf yesterday, I didn't think I'd spend the afternoon watching the Travelers Championship, but you couldn't turn it off when they uh, got to the playoff hole. Harris English and Kramer Hickok. And I got to admit, Trent, uh, good to see you, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, Kramer Hickok, I was rooting for him just because... His place on the tour was not secure. He's worked his way up literally from every single one of them. And if he does finally uh, cash in uh, on the big tour, he will indeed have uh, um, accomplished something that very few have, and that's winning on each of the tours, making his way up. But it didn't happen. Harris English was the uh, winner on the eighth playoff hole, which is the second longest playoff in the history of golf. How about that? How about Harris English, what he's been doing here lately after being in contention at the Open? Right. Then this, and a couple weeks before that, he kind of gagged down the stretch. He had a chance to winning that tournament about a month ago. I think it was maybe in South Carolina. And I remember that because I had bet on him that week. Of course you did. Of course, that's at the forefront of things. This guy, I mean, is this kind of another one of those young guys Mm. that we're going to be talking about more and more? The Colin Morikawas of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, guys like that, a bit under the radar, but still... A young gun that needs yeah. to be in the conversation seemingly every week going forward, and he'll make the trip across the pond. But yeah, the only reason, uh, the Hickok guy, the only reason I knew anything about him is he played at Texas. <laughs> I made a bet this week who is going to be the best golfer with ties to the University of Texas. Yeah. I bet Scotty Scheffler. That was uh-huh. a loser because of him. That's funny. 
it's I, I saw your picks, and I'm thinking, where the hell did you come up with that prop? Well, you can you can thank DraftKings for that one. That was one that they had going into the week. They had that. I think Oklahoma State and maybe one other college that mm-hmm. you pick out of the group of four, five, six guys, whatever it is, who has the best finish. A swing and a miss on that one, but a. Have you ever seen anything? I mean, is that a record? Did they say for the PGA Second Tour? Second longest. Second longest. Yeah, 1949, apparently. Oh, okay. And they called it after... Oh, <laughs> Just God. split the check? It was double digits. Anyway, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, you get $250, I get $250 back in 19... 19- <laughs> yes. I'd love to know what they were playing for. But, I mean, think about... And I don't want to spend a ton of time on golf because there's so much else going on. But think about the year we've had in golf, right? Matsuyama wins the Masters. Mm-hmm. You got John Rahm at the Memorial. You've got Phil Mickelson at 50, what is he, 52, 51, uh, winning a major, the PGA. Uh, and then this, an eight hole playoff. And I'm assuming, because I wasn't into it until, you know, the Masters. Yeah. That there probably was something that I'm leaving out that happened when the tour started up and again in Hawaii and then did the West Coast swing and I mean but it's been unbelievable the the storylines that have come out of golf in 2021 um, remarkable start to their well it's the middle of their season now but there's been certainly a lot of storylines to follow along and uh, next year they'll get Tiger. No. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers that crossed. might be a stretch, right? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we get a trickling of information that seems to come out mm-hmm. maybe once a month about his recovery and obviously seems a very, very long sure. way back just from I mean, getting back to normal life, mm-hmm. let alone getting on a golf course and then playing competitive golf, which is a completely different level. I think he'll play again. If I had to make a future wager, you say... On the, on the PGA Tour, the big tour? Or will by 2025, will Tiger play again? Yes, in Des Moines. No, he won't be 50 at that point. <laughs> no. Will he? I would make the bet, yes, he will, that we will see uh-huh. him back before then. I hope so. 2025 is yeah. a long way off. It is. Uh, so uh, we'll see and cross our fingers and hope that we do. And then what will he, what kind of, well, look at He's got motivation now, right? Mickelson's got a major he, in his 50s. And we know what motivation uh-huh. does for the red shirt. Uh, at least that's been one of his trademarks of his career. Going into the weekend, I did not think this is where you were going to start Trent, the Monday show. <laughs> at, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, I had no idea that this is what we were going to start Monday show. Yeah. Uh, baseball over the weekend. Did you see, I think, Jason Hayward, and I can't wait to talk to Cappy on Wednesday. I think he got screwed. I think the umpires totally missed uh, a home run on uh, Saturday night mm-hmm. uh, in Dodger Stadium. Jason Hayward, the ball was fair. And the third base umpire rules it fair ball. It's his call. Mm -hmm. His call. Fair ball. Does the circle of bases sign home run. Only to be overruled by one of his umpires. So they go to they go to the um uh the 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 replay. And Buck and Smoltz are on the game and you're you know, you really can't tell. Yes, you could. When you lose sight of the ball, you lose sight of the ball because it's going behind the foul pole, fair pole, whatever you call it. When the camera is on the to the left of the of the fair foul pole and the ball disappears, that means it's a home run and the fans weren't reacting going crazy mm-hmm. saying foul ball and the left fielder's not going out of his mind. The Cubs got screwed. Now, game stays at two apiece. Bellinger, bottom of the ninth, walks it off with just a, just a crushing blow. He had a good weekend. Um, I thought they got screwed. So did you see that they did, a pool reporter for the Dodgers did talk to the umpire I afterwards. did not see it. What did he so say? So this is his quote. Uh, again, the third for, base umpire or the umpire, the, the crew chief? The third base umpire, okay. Rayburn. Brian Rayburn, 
Originally, I thought the ball went around the pole. And he was right. I had my doubts on the original call, though, so I wanted to get together with the crew. Based on the information they gave me, I wanted to change it. So it was, I think I saw this, but I didn't have good vantage. Uh-huh. I, I blinked at the wrong time. Whatever it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So he relies on his dudes, right? Yep. He relies on his teammates. And that explanation for me changed my yep. perception of things. Yep, that's fair. I didn't see that. That's so Because when you... Because, exactly. Like, you made this call. Stick to it. It's your call. But... When you get together, hey, I really didn't have a good vantage. You know, uh-huh. whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. I didn't have a good look at it. What did you guys see? Right. All right, we're going to change it now. But now the call on the field is foul. Right. And to overturn that, yes. Uh, I, I thought I was I was stunned when they uh, and it did they didn't take a lot of time uh, that they came back and mm-hmm. said foul ball. And David Ross after I don't think he went crazy. Anyways, not that big a deal, I guess. But it is a big deal as it pertains to this Cubs team, right? Mm-hmm. Chance to stop the bleeding, what mm-hmm. turns into now a loss on Saturday, now a right. three-game losing streak after yesterday. And and um, they, they would obviously have gone to different pitcher rotations. Kimbrell's in in the ninth mm-hmm. inning. Yes. Not Keegan Thompson, who's been good, don't get me wrong. Uh, but he goes, but Kimbrell's different level. Kimbrell's different level, right. Yeah. So, um, and then last night just got out of hand. Yeah. But look, at uh, yesterday, uh, these Sunday nights, man, they're getting more and more... They're just a fun, relaxing, if you're a sports fan, mm-hmm. and the family's all grown up, and you can just sit <laughs> back and, you know, you, you watch the golf and all the extra, the eight playoff holes, then you watch a little uh, Sunday night baseball, you got away early, Alzalei gives up a grand, uh, grand slam early in that baseball game, and they were never, so, I mean, they didn't get much closer, Javier Baez at a home run, uh, and then you go into the NBA game last night, Trent, and... You know, I think the story coming to that one last night is just the collapse. Yes. By the Hawks. Trent, they're up 95-88 with seven and a half minutes left in the basketball game, and they got beat by 11. That 8 nothing run felt like it came in a snap of a finger, too. It was just like that, and whoa, they're down. Yeah, right. And it's on the heels of the weird Trey Young official thing. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. That was so unfortunate. And I don't know. Did, did that change the complexion of the game? Well, he was out for a while, right? But it kind of felt like it did, right? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, there's he's he's going to be on the floor when that uh, when that runs going on, right? He's so important. Yeah, he is. Even when he's not shooting it well, we talked about this last week. There's just something with his swagger mm-hmm. that is so much more than what he is as a player. Talent wise, is he? He's a top twenty player in the league, maybe top fifteen. We can argue semantics, whatever. Sure. But. The swagger takes him to a and different level. And at 22 level. years of age, time to you know right. elevate himself on that list. There's just something about him, though. When he's out there, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And he'll jaw. Mm-hmm. And he's he gets that team to believe. He gets those guys around and believe that well, that's the reason they're here. They're in the conference finals. They're a five seed in the conference finals. You don't see that happen very often in the NBA. Right. They had to go, of course, on the road. The first two series, they find a way to win it. And it felt like they had a great chance. And it just... That was a frustrating part because I was actually looking forward to just having a great final two minutes and hopefully one that didn't last 33 Who minutes. Who did you have? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was on Atlanta. Uh-huh. I thought home brief, no. Yeah. But I lied bet a couple of times that helped out mm-hmm. what was looking like a losing night. But 25-10 early in that basketball 25, game. 25-10. 25-10. It was like 10-2 right away also. It, yes, it was. It was, yeah. was 10-2 right away. It was. 7-zip, 10-2, and yeah. boom, 25-10. Coasting. Easy. I thought that's not the NBA. No, everybody has a run. Yep. Is that the Kenny Mainline? Is he the one that said? I, said, I don't know. 
know. That's a good question. Because I, I remember one of the sports center anchors. Yeah. Everybody makes a run in the NBA. I think that might have been a Kenny Mainism. It could have been. That he had. And he saw it coming. The Bucks, though, what's up with the stupid blue uniforms? I know you're not a uniform guy like me. But come yeah. on, you got beautiful green colors. They do. They do. Light blue? It's the NBA. Out, yeah, I'm with you. The NBA has gone to a level. And for you, this might be a little concerning. So do you see <laughs> that last week the NFL has said that, yes. yes, you can wear a second helmet. I did see that. So that brings a chance to bring the alternate backs, which yes. I love. Right. But after seeing what's happened to the NBA, and it's no more in basketball, you're at home, you wear white. The visitor wears their color uniform. No, no more. Mm-hmm. Now it's all over the place. It's completely random. And most of those alternative uniforms, this is old man yelling at a cloud here. No. They're hideous. I'm there with is some you. ugly, ugly uniforms. There's a, in the NHL, there's a very, very small number that I was like, wow, but they're usually throw back to their mm-hmm. heritage. I mean, Colorado, the Avalanche brought the Nordique into the Which equation. Which I thought was, was great. Spectacular. To the north of us, the Minnesota Wild brought the Minnesota North Stars uniform back mm-hmm. into it. Those two, to me, were head and shoulders above anything else. But you're right, for the most part, I love no, looks Personally, I want to see the old Broncos helmet again. Yes. Because that, uh, that was a pretty sweet helmet. Yeah, it really was. With the bright orange jersey. Yes. It just popped. It did. It looked really good. Yeah. But then you get the other side. Remember those... I think it was like the 100-year anniversary when everybody was wearing throwback mm-hmm, uniforms. Mm-hmm. And like the Steelers. Yeah. Those hideous ones. The were, Bronco- they, were, they, were they that? Now, Broncos were also brown and yellow, yes, right? and those were ugly, too. Ugly. Those are hideous ones. That's the concerning part. Yeah. You open it up, and there's going to be some missteps sure. in the wrong direction. It's all about selling merchandise, right? It is. I'm not belling any of those ugly things. But we're not the demographic anymore, no. Ken. Unfortunately, now that demographic is much younger than us that likes these things. Indeed. So so Saturday night, I don't know much you saw of, of the Suns and the Clippers. A Tra- little bit, not much. Uh, and I hope what you did see was not the fourth quarter. I have not seen an aptitude in shooting in a big game amongst two teams that are representing their conference in the final, like we saw with the Clippers and the Suns. I mean, just hideous. Hideous. Did, I heard this uh, this morning. This is 84 points to win the game. Yeah. The lowest point total. Not just to the playoffs, all season long. You know, I meant, damn it, I meant to look up what the total was in that game. Do you oh, have any idea? I, I got it here. Because they scored 164. 217 and a half. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's one where you just count your money yeah. already as the game's continuing. Oh, my God. A team throughout even the whole regular season didn't win a game by scoring 84 points, and mm. it happens in a conference final game. In Look, game we four. know they played more defense in the in the playoffs, yeah. but this is over the top. Trent, it was terrible. There were the little bit that I saw, and it was mostly the fourth quarter, watching playoff P. Ugh. That guy's mental, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's something going on in the head. Mm-hmm. There were times where it felt like he was trying to, all right, I don't have my legs, so I'm going to jump higher mm-hmm. to try to get my shot off and put extra legs into it, and then he's pushing it up there. Yeah. He's got a beautiful stroke, and, and he couldn't hit, he couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, and that continues yeah. to happen to the self proclaimed playoff mm-hmm. Paul. Mm-hmm. He's not good there. He, he's not good. But he wasn't alone. He had help. I mean, his, his entire team couldn't shoot. And did you catch what Breen said when they cut to Kawhi in the fourth quarter? He's sitting there, like kind of leaning um, back in his chair. I don't remember. And Breen goes, and Kawhi Leonard just cannot contain himself with excitement. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Yeah. Barkley last night, he had a funny one too, talking about seven footers in the game. Because Giannis is a, I mean, he is so, how do you stop that, right? I mean, how do you stop Giannis? You lay off I and guess. make him shoot it. That's the best play, but when he's, he's going to bring the uh, bring the ball into the paint, do a spin move, and he's so long. I mean, yeah. he just, he's got one step into the lane and he's finger roll. 
Uh, he's unstoppable, but he was talking about um, you know the seven footers in the game that are that are just were just when you saw them for the first time it was like how the hell are we going to stop that? Right. Uh, Giannis was one of them. Kevin Garnett was one of them. And he brought up and he brought up Shaq, and he said, I "Remember saying and." Um, I'll never forget, Jack, the first time I saw you, the first time I played against you, first thing that popped in my Well, second thing, first thing that popped in my mind is you're really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, you had to hear it at the time, but that was really good. They're so good. That, that they crew are. is so good. It makes ESPNs look so pedestrian. So did you see Barkley said again last week, I think it was, that he's going to retire at 60. That, is that what he said? I didn't see yeah. that. And he said this before. And how old is he now? 58. Oh no! Yeah, so we're we're getting close to the end. But right. knowing what we know about him, and it's really more than anything. Ernie is great for mm-hmm. what he is. Mm-hmm. Kenny's good. Yeah, Shaq is can be good and goofy. Yeah, yeah. But it's ultimately Barkley. Sure. And if you're ESPN, we know that they are cutting salary in oh, many pieces. I see where you're going. But they pay Scott Van Pelt and Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. and they pay that top end. Mm-hmm. And you unload, and you say we're going to bring you in. We'll set it up however you want. You live in Phoenix. We'll build a studio show in Phoenix. Whatever it is, here's $15 million a year. You're going to be the highest paid ESPN employee, and we're going to do it. Because this is Turner we're talking. This is not a sports network. And you stay there after a game more than any. Mm -hmm. Can I know you? You are not a pregame, postgame guy. For the amount of sports that you watch... It's incredible how little yep. of that pregame stuff that you watch, even Sports Center. I know we've talked about this. You're pretty rare on Sports mm-hmm. Center, right? Now I used to it used to be a point right. of TV, but that is you. Yet you talk about inside the NBA come April, May, and June <laughs> more than almost anything else. So and the NCAA tournament because I like them on yes. there too. And you have that part of it uh-huh. where you can build Charles Barkley as your basketball dude. He doesn't need the money, and he's also said that part. So sure. maybe the money isn't the ultimate. He's also talked about his producers on that show, how important they are. There was a documentary they've well, done on this. Sleep at the switch because the the boom mic drops right into it when they're making. That's pretty good commercial from Fanduel. Yeah, credit where credits due. That's right. pretty good. So I don't know if it's a possibility, but if I'm working over at ESPN, uh-huh. I'm already getting things worked up to make that make that kind of plea because he is that important. He is that good at what he does. Yeah. Now, hopefully TNT will pony up, realize the same thing. We can't afford to lose this guy to the competition. um, Because there's nobody else, right? No. There just isn't. really isn't. You know, since we're talking announcers in the NBA, um, it's just amazing. Because we've we've talked about this before. Guys that stay too long. Hubie Brown's 87 years old, Trent. He's 87 years old. Keep going, dude. Yes. I mean, good God. He's still sharp. Yes, he As is. As attack sharp. I, I've never heard him call a game and say, oh, my God, I'm embarrassed for you. Mm-hmm. And th- there is some of those older guys, right? And we've had those conversations. Yeah, we have. But this guy, 87 years old and still entertaining, knows the game, knows the players, does his homework. Uh, he's a great listener. Reminds me of uh, Dr. Jack Ramsey back in the yeah, day when he was doing ESPN one, right? radio. Is he still or no longer? I don't believe so. He, boy, he had a long run. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, and there was uh, a lot of times NBA Finals, and he only did basically the playoffs mm-hmm. and the finals. But just if I'm out and about yep. and catching those games on the radio, mm-hmm. he was so good. 
He yeah. was absolutely great. He uh, well, he passed away in 2014, but he must have been doing it then, right up to the end, right? Had to. Oh, he's dead. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. he's been dead since 2014. 2014. Oh God. He. Uh, but yeah, he had to be doing radio up until the very had end. Had to have been. He was an excellent one. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Hubie. You stay like this, mm-hmm. just keep doing it, man. Right. Just have your time. Right. Because he is that good. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, so we're going to get into baseball. We're going to get into the Cubs. Trent, I, honestly, I feel like this is a v- pivotal mm-hmm. week for, for the Cubs because a couple of weeks ago they were we were trying to find every single piece that we could get out there, right? Yeah. All right, you got to add this guy, this guy, this guy. Mm-hmm. Give up this guy. Don't care there. They need uh, backup catching. Got to add another bat. Now all of a sudden you're looking at this team, and I get that it's the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers look like the Dodgers mm-hmm. again. They're going to make a lot of teams look bad. They do, and they've got the uh, they've got the Giants for a two game set to start the week off. But to the Cubs, if they've got all of those pieces that are in their walk year, and there's been nothing done. I mean, they lowballed Rizzo before mm-hmm. the season started. I don't know what that means. Do they not uh, Do they not want him back? What are they going to do with Bryant? What are they going to do with Javier Baez? Contreras is a year away from being in that spot. So instead of trying to find the bring in Barrios, bring in Pineda, mm-hmm. bring back Lester, Cole Hamill, he's throwing again. He wants another chance. Um Instead of that conversation, look, the Brewers are what, three games up? Three games up, Three yes. games up uh, leading into this week. And then they go to Cincinnati to end the week. And don't look now, but um, Cincinnati's playing pretty well. They are, yeah. They're better than the Cardinals. Yeah. That was the other piece Trent I want to get your perspective. Cardinals. Are we throwing dirt on this team? Yes. It's over. Yes. You don't see a way that they can dig out. They Here's are this little nugget from yesterday. Back. All right. On May the 19th, mm-hmm. May the 19th, where were they? Oh, first place. How many games in front? Three and a half. Three and, Three and a half in front on May the 19th. So we're basically talking month. five and a half weeks five, Okay, to be fair, five and a half weeks. Yes. And right. they are now eight games back. Uh-huh. They're four games under 500. Mm-hmm. And watching this team, they're lethargic. Yep. They are, they're just, they're bad. I know they've had injuries. Yeah. And, and injuries suck. When your baseball team goes through them, it's not fun. But just watching it and flipping those games on. And last week, did it a couple of times when they were getting beat up by the Pirates. You just <laughs> think about that. And it just, it had that just uh-huh. feeling of yuck. Like, yes. there is something deeper going on. Look, I'm not watching Cardinal baseball. And certainly now that they're four games under 500, it becomes even less. You know, why is it such a tough watch for you and I, the Cardinals? Because I'm the same way. And I talk to Cardinal fans, they think we're crazy. I know. I mean, when they're playing the Brewers and Brian Anderson's on the, I'll watch the Brewers mm-hmm. feed or likewise the Cubs feed. So we'll see them then. But when I they just, play Kansas City, I don't love the Kansas City. Team. I don't like the I don't like the crew either. But I I watch that over yeah. the Cardinals feed, right? And that's the other part is I actually like McLaughlin what he does other sports. Mm-hmm. Like I like him in college basketball. Mm-hmm. I think he does a really good job. It's just there's something about just the whole product that doesn't work with me with the Cardinals baseball. And well, if they keep playing like this. We won't have to worry about it because well, we're going to flip the calendar to July here yeah. at the end of the week. In the middle of the week. Well, Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be, all right, well, yeah. done with that team. 671, you're not going to be part of the dial here for right. a while. And Cubs cards takes us into the All-Star break. Oh, is that? Yeah, Cubs. And then coming out, I think, of the All-Star break very quickly as well. We've got a lot of Cubs cards coming up here. Uh, you know what? If, if I'm a Cardinal fan, and I'm pretty sure this is the case because uh, it's in my memory bank and not that it's never failed me <laughs> by any means, I think Arnado has it. 
can walk. I think he's got an opt out. Oh, now really? I'm not saying he's going to opt out, but based on because St. Louis, let's be honest, it's a pretty good baseball town, right? I mean, I know that their fans. What are they? What's what are they on Twitter? Uh, Best fans of baseball, whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's pretty. If you talk to people or listen to people that have played in that organization, that's a pretty special place to play. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Arnado. It's not going like he thought that it would. Uh, I, I, it seems like the Schilt, they're not listening to him anymore. They're not listening to him anymore. And you're exactly right. There huh? is an opt, right? Both after this year and next oh year. Oh, my God. Now, he is due $35 million both of these years uh-huh. at what will be the age of 31. Mm. What we know about guys in their 30s and yep. contracts today, does it make sense to leave... 70, 108. <laughs> Think about the money you're just talking about. About $170 million on the table. That's crazy. No, it's hard answer. to say no. <laughs> right. Hard to say no. He'll be wearing the birdies on the bat next year. $170 million he's owed to play a kid's game. Good for him. Uh, bleed clubby, bead, bleed cubby blue. Al Yellen. Al Yellen will join us next. Are they at the crossroads? Am I making too much of it? I think it's a big, big week. Uh, for the 2021 Chicago Cubs. Al Yellen, then we're going to do some puck. Joe O'Donnell, John Schaefer, we'll pass it around with those fellas. Are we finally going to smarten up and pick these Montreal Canadiens? Here's the other thing about this series, and I know that um, the the hockey haters out there will be salivating with the TV ratings (laughs) that are going to come from this one. Montreal, a Canadian team. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. (laughs) They don't matter. They They don't count. Now, if you took the percentage of TV sets... Turn tuned to hockey in the states, but you get to combine the percentage of TV sets tuned to hockey in Canada, right. and come up with a number. Uh, that'll be a little bit more shiny than this one. Um, we'll see. I hope it's a good series, and I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. This while well, you're Canadian, you must want to, you must want Montreal, right? The hell with the Habs. <laughs> no, you got no time for that. No, I mean, look at um, they swept your team out of the playoffs. That's just it. Thanks for reminding uh-huh. me. Miller and Condon, ten twenty seven, underway on a Monday, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six. Visit Benats to apply. Now back to Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Condon, welcome back. 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial. Coming up, we're going to talk a little NHL, little Stanley Cup with uh, Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Wild, John Schaefer, WOI. Maybe one of us will finally figure out that the Canadians are legit. We shall see. By the way, there's another big hockey story in Chicago that's not getting the exposure that it should uh, with the Blackhawks going back to 2010, one of their coaches mm-hmm. sexually assaulting players yeah. and swept under the rug by the staff of the Blackhawks, gave him a letter of recommendation, and he went on to violate other young men um, in his next stops. Uh, this one's not going to turn out well, I have a feeling. Something to watch. But right now we're watching the Cubs and the Brewers. That's a tough segue. Yeah. Um, so let's start over. Uh, the Cubs are at the crossroads. Al Yellen, bleed club, a cubby blue, joins us as we get set for a big week. Milwaukee for three, off day Cincinnati for three, Cardinals before the All Star break. Philly sprinkled in there as well. Al, good to talk to you. Uh, Trenton, Ken, and Des Moines. It seems as though from where we were a couple of weeks ago, where it was 
you know, who's out there? Who can you bring into this team? Who can you help them get over, uh, make uh, make a big run in the playoffs? All of a sudden now, it just seems like this week is a real telling week as to whether they're buyers or sellers. Would you agree with that, Al? Yeah, it probably is. I mean, you don't want to go into Milwaukee and see the Cubs get swept and wind up six games out of first place. Um, that you know, that that's not a good thing. But you know, uh, Milwaukee's been playing great. The Cubs have been hanging in there, but look at the Brewers' schedule over the last couple of weeks. I mean, they've been playing the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, and they're, they're just playing, you know, they're beating up on bad teams, which is what good teams do. The Cubs have been playing really good teams for the last few weeks. They've been playing about 500 balls, so, you know, that's also what good teams do. So the schedule will even out eventually, and, you know, this will be a good test for the Cubs playing three games in Milwaukee. It's interesting, coming into this month, we talked about the schedule, how daunting it was for the Cubs, and all things considered, yeah, the frustrations of the weekend I know are lingering for Cubs fans right now, but you take kind of a, a total encompassing of what the month of June has been. It's been pretty good. Al, as you said, this schedule has been tough. They played well against it. Does that maybe, I don't know, numb a little bit the fact that you lost three in a row to the Dodgers over the weekend and knowing, hey, this team still can play good baseball? Yeah, and, you know, of course, you know, there's still some controversy over whether they lost that game Saturday or not. I like, agree. Hayward had off. Had a home run taken away from him. Yep. You know, who knows what would have happened if they'd given him the home run. But if, if that home run is hit, the Cubs likely go into the ninth inning leading three to two and then Craig Kimbrell's yep. pitching the ninth inning and not Keegan Thompson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't look back. It is what it is. They lost. And, uh, but you know, they played the Dodgers tough. They won the season series from the Dodgers, you know, by sweeping the, the series at Wrigley Field. Uh, last month, so they can play with these guys. They can play with the with the Padres and the Dodgers, and the uh, the Brewers haven't shown they can do that yet. Fair point. Al Yellen, Bleed Cubby Blue is our guest. Al, let, let's go back to Saturday <clears throat> night because we I, we talked about it uh, in the open uh, here. Um, I I can't believe they got the call wrong. I mean, the third base umpire saw it hook around the fair pole, and it was. Um, because when you're watching the replay, the ball goes out of sight, which means where the camera was set up, and you look at the fans, the fans aren't going crazy. You look at the left fielder, he's not going crazy. It seemed like everybody in the ballpark, except the uh, umpires, and then once it got back to the uh, replay uh, command center, I, I don't know how they missed that, Al, I guess is my, is, is my point. That was clearly a home run. Right. Sure. <laughs> we'll uh, reconnect with uh, with Al Yellen. Having yeah. a little trouble here uh, getting with Al <laughs> with Al Yellen. Uh, it was a home run. It's um, again, and he makes a great point. It's not Keegan Thompson. It's Craig Kimbrell at that point, and the ball uh, is clearly uh, look. Clearly, maybe not the right word. It was close, but it sure looked like that to me. Al, they missed it, plain and simple, right? Yeah. Well, here's the what, what I what I see from that play. The um, the third base umpire, if you watch the replay, was in perfect position to make the call, and he made an emphatic call. First, he signaled fair, then he signaled home run, and then all of a sudden, he's asking the other umpires for help. Right. That that doesn't make sense to me. So, if the third base umpire's call had gone, uh, you know, it had been the call that that stood on the field. You know, then Dave Roberts would probably have asked for for a review, but then the call on the field would have been home run. Right. So that's that's a lot harder to overturn. Um, I just think they blew it. Uh, it. You know, nobody will ever know for sure, but I think they blew it. 
Yeah, Ray Burns did say after the game, he talked to a pool reporter with the Dodgers, said, quote, I had doubts on the original call, so I wanted to get together with the crew. Based on the information they gave me, I wanted to change it. So though he might have been in perfect position, maybe got dust in his eye, whatever it was. I just don't see how how an umpire, you know, who was 200 or 300 further feet away Mm -hmm. than D.J. Rayburn could have made a better call. Uh, the answer is he couldn't. I right. couldn't agree with you more. Uh, so let's um, let, let's talk about uh, Nico Horner is here in Des Moines. Uh, Trevor Williams is here in Des Moines. Justin Steele is here in Des Moines. Of those three, I mean, um, I think Horn, Horner was off to a, a really good start. I'm anxious to watch this kid's develop. Uh, Trevor Williams, once he gets back up to the majors, look, he's. Uh, I saw the stat yesterday. Just the starters are are very infrequently uh, able to get past the fifth inning of any start. Uh, Trevor Williams is is one of those guys. Steele coming out of the bullpen is okay. But so let's say they have a good week. Al. Let's say that uh, you know what. Um, Dodgers are a good team. It's going to happen. They're going to have a rough week on the West Coast. But look what they're doing in Milwaukee. And look what they just did to Cincinnati. So what are you going to do? Wave your magic wand. What would you like to see them do uh, if, indeed, we do get to the All-Star break and they are hanging around, if not leading the division? Well, you're going to have injured players back, like you say, the three that are, are now in Des Moines. Matt Duffy will probably also wind up in Des Moines on a rehab assignment pretty soon. And if they survive this week, you know, they, they go into July. In a homestand, you know, they played well at Wrigley Field, still this close. Then I think Jed Hoyer's got to go out and find another starting pitcher somewhere. Who will that be? It won't be Max Scherzer, no matter how many people think Max Scherzer would be the perfect answer. Because Max Scherzer and his agent, Scott Boris, have made it clear that any team that wants to trade for him has to sign him to an extension. Mm. And Scherzer, as a 10-5 and veteran, can veto any trade. So it's not going to be Max Scherzer. The Cubs are not going to sign Max Scherzer to an extension. So it'll have to be somebody at a lesser. You know, you want to think about somebody from the Nationals. Why not bring John Lester back? Yeah. He's had a fairly decent year there, and it cost almost nothing to get him back. Uh, Al Yellen, Bleed Cubby Blue. Al, it's going to be a really fun week. Uh a very important week in the Cubs' 2021 season. I know it's before the All-Star break, but uh, maybe I'm making too big of a deal of it. I just think that this is going to be very telling. Al Yellen, bleed, cubby blue. Al, thanks for popping on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Al Yellen, bleed, cubby blue. Chris Bryant in the month of June. Take a stab at his batting average. Um, 260. Cut it in half and you're still not there. Jesus. 120. In June, that's all he's done? Nine hits, a double, three homers. He's knocked in five. How many games has he? He missed some games. 22 games. He's, is, has he really? So he's only missed three games. Wow, that's a, that's atrocious. Hayward kind of woke up over the weekend, yeah. which was an encouraging sign. As a team, looking at just batting average, mm-hmm. and I know that doesn't tell the whole story, but Rizzo, 229. And this is June? This is June. Yeah. Peterson, 213. Yep. Wisdom, 224. Contreras, 194. Mm. Sogard at 245. Offense has been awful. Hayward at 250. He's one of the best of the bunch. And without this weekend, though, Trent, uh-huh. he was he would have been below 200. Javi, 151. Alcantara, 182. Ian Happ, in his limited at-bats, 125. Jeez. What are they as a team? Do they have, it doesn't have it listed here, unfortunately. That's bad. Yeah, I'll tell you what they are. They're inept. Yes. Uh, we will uh, switch gears entirely. Uh, more baseball conversation. We'll, we'll get past the Cubs uh, at 11.05. Ryan Fagan. Is Aaron Boone going to lose his job before the All-Star break? Feels like it's it trending that way. It does feel like it. I agree with you. Getting swept by the Red Sox. 
uh, never um, uh, didn't sit well <laughs> with the pinstripers. And if George was in his you box, know, if George was in his box, <laughs> it would it would have already happened. I have a feeling. I think so too. I miss those kind of guys, don't you? Oh, he's a hothead. Just but, wild. Uh, it's just crazy. Hockey conversation. The Stanley Cup begins tonight. Uh, John Schaefer, Joe O'Donnell, join Miller and Condon next. 1460 KX and 0104.5. Live. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial. Phil Steele will join Trent and I 1030 on Friday morning. We have the 2021 Phil Steele. Before we get to Joe and John, Mm -hmm. a public service announcement for you college football fans. So you picked these up this morning. I did. At Barnes & Noble on University Avenue. um, Right when you walk in the door. Literally. Walk in. The first table display right in front of you Mm -hmm. has about 12 of the magazines. Maybe 15 left there. I wonder how many they got in. And when did they come in? I think Friday is when they were supposed to get in to most Barnes & Noble. So if that was the case... And maybe they've been picked through, say, 20, 25, maybe yeah. there. I would say get there, though, if you're a college football fan and people 20 listening. 20 bucks, right? 20 bucks. Yeah. It's pricey. Yeah, it it's is worth, worth it. it. Absolutely. Uh, Phil Steele will join us on uh, Friday morning at 1030. Can you punch on Joe and John for me, Trent, so I don't mess up? Yes, we will get we them do a little uh, NHL conversation with the boys. This is our th- third or fourth, I think we've done this, uh, before the playoffs. John Schaefer, WOI, Joe O'Donnell, Iowa Wild. Good to talk to both of you fellas. Well, here we are, boys. It's Tampa and, and Montreal, and we all saw this coming, didn't we? <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah, it's been unbelievable. So let's start with Montreal, who, um, like, they were down 3-1 to Toronto, John Schaefer. I don't have to remind anybody out there. They came back, they they, they they knocked out the Leafs, and the Leafs were a cinch to get out of the Canadian division. Then they swept the Jets, then they go to Vegas, who you know, was going to be them or Colorado going to win the Stanley Cup for sure, uh, and Montreal still standing. John, they're four wins away. Have, is, is, it, is the magic going to run out, or how are they here, John Schaefer? I mean, great goaltending, first and foremost. Sure. I think Carey Price uh, deserves a huge tip of the cap. And we all know as hockey fans that, like, if you get a hot goaltender, you're going to ride him as far as he'll take you. And, and that's kind of been the story this year. But a lot of their young stars, too. Cole Caulfield, after being sat a couple games early on in the postseason, it's really sparked some with this team. And, and Suzuki, too, has just been a, a thrill to watch. And what's scary is how young they actually are, and they're pulling this off. But they've got some veterans there that are kind of keeping course for them. And, and uh, maybe we just uh, overlooked them because they were in the north and Toronto was that loaded and, you know, they just got hot at the right time. You know, uh, Joe O'Donnell, uh, Cole Caulfield was playing in the Big Ten <laughs> in March. I mean, from Wisconsin to the AHL to the Stanley Cup final. That's a pretty good three months. I mean, he's got a chance to, well, he won a gold medal to World Juniors. Right. Yep. He won the Hobie Baker and he has a chance to add the Stanley Cup to his resume, at, and he's not even eligible for Rookie of the Year until next season. Think so, about that. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, he's been a perfect spark for him, and John touched on it. That Montreal's got some veteran guys, that some that I'm sure are hungry, like a Shea Weber and a mm-hmm. Carey Price, to get their first ring. A guy like Corey Perry, who's been around the block. He's been unbelievable. Um, yeah, and I, I just think they have a good mix. I mean, yeah, look, last year I was waiting for Dallas's sort of run 
you know, to come to an end because I kept underestimating the stars in the bubble and they got all the way to the final mm-hmm. uh, and eventually lost to Tampa. I don't want to rule out these Canadians because they've always proven everybody wrong to this point. Uh, but we've seen what Tampa is like, and they played a game seven against the Islanders the other night that was the kind of game Montreal wants to play. Tampa can beat you multiple ways, and that's something that gives them a really good chance for a piece. John, um, I mean, the Canadians' top line, Lekkanen, Dano, and, and Brendan Gallagher, and they're all nice players in their own right. Where's that the top line on any of the other 31 franchises? Point being, I mean, they're good players, but that's not, when you think of uh, number one lines in hockey, that's not, I mean, you've got to go a long way down the list before you get to that one. It's kind of the, uh, it has an expansion draft field, doesn't it? it? Does, a little bit yeah. like a bunch of guys that could be yeah. great second liners, but, um, you know, chemistry is everything and, yeah. and belief in the guys next to you are huge. So, you know, I think that's what we're seeing out of that top line and, and it trickles down the depth in their second and third line. Again, maybe underestimated a bit because of some of that youth and mm-hmm. that, some of that older veteranship on the other one. So it's, it's very interesting to see that dynamic, but you're right. That top line doesn't scream playmaker stars you know goal scorers but they they're gritty i think that's the big thing about montreal is they've just been able to grit it out this entire postseason when their backs are against the wall john i know you like to fire so uh help me out here as <laughs> i want to have some bets in the stanley cup final canadians they are plus you've two. given up on me with my yeah, help is yeah, i was saying yeah. okay, well you yeah. told me last <laughs> year montreal's terrible they're gonna get beat and well here we are in the final so plus 220 just for them to win the series your thoughts on that and I know you're probably dabbling yourself. Anything that you've taken a look at that we should be firing at? Um, well, first off, if you're not putting money on point a night yeah. for a goal at least, I mean, the guy's been asking Unreal. for money this postseason for Tampa Bay. I mean, what he's done has just been insane as far as putting up goals. So I, I'd trickle him every night just because you know he's probably going to one every other night. And then, um, you know, I... I love an underdog story, but again, it's tough to, to bet against the defending champs in this one, and, and so I like Tampa to, to win it. I think it goes six games. I don't think it's a clean sweep, um, but I, I do like Tampa in the series. Uh, Joe O'Donnell, who has the goaltending edge? I mean, we, you guys have talked about Carey Price, and understandably so. Uh, I, I think that for a period of time, and he still very well may be, he was the best in the world. If he's not, maybe the guy that's manning the other net, Vasilevsky, might be. Is there a goaltending edge in this, Joe? That's uh, a great question, Kenny. And I found it very ironic that, uh, you know, there was so much talk about Carey Price when they put the Golden Knights away uh, the other night. And then the next night, Vasilevsky pitches a shutout in Game 7 to let them advance. It was almost like he heard all the people talking about Carey Price as the best goalie in the world right now. And he's like, hang on a second, uh, hold my coffee while I pitch another shutout. Um, I mean, he's, what is it, four straight shutouts to end series now for Vasilevsky Crazy. going back to last year? Like, it's hard. I Listen, uh, you want to talk about gambling? The under is probably the probably the play for this entire series. Now, saying that, it'll probably be like six one tonight or six two. But you know, it's just I don't know how I don't know how these teams are going to win a four three type matchup against each other. I just don't see it. I I think it's going to be two one type games, and Montreal's very comfortable in those games. Yeah, they really are. The defense, uh, John, for 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 Tampa Bay, Hedman. Of course, Ryan McDonough has been playing incredibly well. The young guys at the back, well, one in particular, Sergachev. Uh, we, we know about the Fords. You're 100% right on Braden Point, but boy, that defense for Tampa. Montreal's got a good back end as well, but, but so does Tampa. Uh, Joe might be onto something with these unders. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- these are two teams that don't give up a ton of shots. And, um, you know, so we'll see what happens with it. But you're right, Hedman, I love how Victor Hedman plays. I'm a big guy. I love watching the guys play on the blue line because he, he hits hard. He has a heck of a shot. We know how hard he can put one past. And, um, you know, I think the big thing for Tampa, too, is they create a ton of traffic in the offensive zone for those netminders to, to, to look through and try and navigate through. And I think that's why we've seen their defensemen so good up there shooting from the blue lines and then attacking as well. Uh, before we get your pick, guys, Joe, Joe, just one for you. What, what's going on with Kaprizov? Is that is that just simply negotiating? Because uh, the last thing, I mean, Wild fans are pretty, and I understand this, uh, you know, clutching a little bit, right? They, they finally get this kid over. He sets the league on fire. He's going to be Rookie of the Year if they haven't already announced that yet. It's a foregone conclusion. But he's, I guess, is is, is the is the threat. If it, if you want to call it that, to stay in Russia, is there anything to that, Joe? I don't think so. I think it's posturing. I think it's the agent doing his job. Everything mm-hmm. I've read and listened to a few interviews with Bill Guerin, Minnesota's GM, in the recent weeks is that you know Kaprizov's camp wants a shorter deal because they want him to get you know his mega deal mm-hmm. before he you know he is twenty five or whatever. So they want to make sure that he's not tied down into thirty one or thirty two years of age before he can really get maybe a bigger deal. Um, so they want a bridge deal. Minnesota probably wants a longer deal, and I think they'll they'll meet in the middle. Now, might this drag into the late summer and near training camp? Maybe, but that really hurts Minnesota because they have to know cap space wise what they're looking at. They have other restrictive free agents to sign. So really, I think the Kaprizov thing is just his agent doing his job, and I think ultimately it'll get done in probably that four year range. Who, who are they going to lose in the expansion draft to Seattle? I've seen I've seen a lot of Matt Dumba. Yeah, or it could be Carson Soucy, a former Iowa mm-hmm. Wild Blue Liner, which would be a big loss for Minnesota because he's a young kid. He mm-hmm. showed a ton of upside, and he was a great you know, part of their 5-6 pairing this year. Um, if Dumba goes, you get a lot more cap space That's available. True. But I, I think one of those two defensemen, unless Bill Guerin works something out with them where they take somebody else and, and do a, you know, an expansion draft day deal sort of thing. Um, but again, Minnesota's been burned by that in the past. Uh, there is a Des Moines Buccaneer playing for a Stanley Cup tonight. Jeff Petrie, I want to say 2007, uh, he came through Des Moines and one of the better teams that the Bucks have had in some time. All right, John Schaefer, uh, who wins it and how many games? Uh, I, I'm sticking with Tampa in six. You know, as much as I'd love to see Montreal make make the miracle run kind of happen here and, and stun the defending champs, I just think Tampa Bay has got the goods from front end to back to, to really make this uh, a fun series to watch, but still, I think they pull it out. How about you, Joe? I'm going to play devil's advocate mm. just for good radio. I think the Canadians get game one tonight. I think they contain the Tampa power play, and I'll take Montreal to win their first Stanley Cup since 1993, doing it in six games in front of wow. probably less fans inside than outside. <laughs> That's true. That's wild. Yeah, what, 3,500 inside in the uh, streets street surrounding uh, the Bell Center, just absolutely packed. Hey, John, Joe, thank you for talking hockey with us throughout the playoffs. Uh, appreciate having a couple of local hockey minds come on here uh, with Trent and I. Thanks, boys. Enjoy, this, enjoy the Cup sure, final. Thanks, Take care. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yep, you're the same. Good to talk to you, Joe, uh, Joe Donald and John Schaefer, as we pass it around. Who are you picking? Tampa? You have to. Yeah. <laughs> I told you last series, I liked take both underdogs. One of them's going to hit. Yeah. I just, even at plus two. You know what the Islanders were? They, they had every opportunity, too. How high would it have to be for you to take the Canadians? Plus 300? 
325? They're going to run out. The defending cup champs get them. Baseball conversation and Scott Dockerman in hour two. Miller and Condon, 1460, 106.